Welcome to the Decom After Dark podcast. I am your host, Kevin, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Lindsay. Lindsay, what's up, man? Nothing much. I am super excited to be back and even more excited to be talking about the Jonas Brothers. Yes. Now, we record, we're recording this in January. We took a little bit of a hiatus for the holidays and all that good stuff, but we're now back better than ever and i figured the best way to do this was to start off with camp rock camp rock i've never seen this movie that is shocking because you know how much i care for this movie (laughs) (laughs) i know and you care about the joe bros a lot yes and like and like i'm gonna tell you got you've heard this story before but i'm gonna tell my demi lovato story because it was right after this movie was filmed and so I have a Demi Lovato story. It's very interesting. It was like November of like 2007. It's some, some interesting stuff. But we have a very special guest here. We have in the house the host of the Winner Takes All podcast that you can find exclusively on the Three Podcast Network. We have here CJ. Yo. CJ, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. How you doing? Great. So CJ and I have been roommates for a very long time. We're, we're, we're roommates. We're not roommates anymore. We have our own houses. But <laughs> we were roommates for a long time. Lindsay lived with us for a little bit, too, sort of. I was trying to during... figure out, were we all under the same roof when this movie came out? I was going to say, I watched this movie with you. Definitely, but that doesn't mean we were all living together, because we have obviously not stopped hanging out. So well, this movie... movie came out June 20th, 2008. Hey, man, that's my line. <laughs> this movie came out June twentieth, two thousand. You should have called. Him, you should have called me a co-host and not a host. See him stepping on my my my. My point is, we lived together through October of two thousand eight. Oh, so we all You're lived right. together at the time. We all lived together out, when this so. movie came out. Got it. I don't know how I missed it. I just didn't see it. But I guess you guys watched it when I was not. You, You're probably yep, at work. Probably at work. Talk, talking to Demi Lovato. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I met Demi Lovato. You guys have heard the story. I. I met Demi Lovato back in the November of 2007. So this movie filmed from September through October of 2007. And then I was working at Disneyland um, at the time. And this young girl who's about 15 and her mom and this little boy all come up to where I'm working at Disneyland. Right. And the girl is being real flirty with the guy that I'm standing next to that I'm working with. And at the time in 2007, I'm 19 and this kid's probably 18, and Demi Lovato is 15 at the time. So <laughs> the girl, the girl's flirty with my coworker, and I'm like, bro, you should not, you should not do this. Like, Great this jailbait. Is not a, you should, this is, yeah, this is a good way to get in trouble. Cute little girl. And her mom's like, this is my daughter. She's going to be a big star one day. Legitimately, that's what exactly what her mom told me. Sure. Sure, yeah, lady. Like this, sure, lady. And she's like, yeah, she just filmed a movie with the Jonas Brothers. In fact, a Jonas Brothers with us right now. And I look over and I see this little boy standing there. And I said, look, man, I know what uh, Joe and Nick and Kevin look like because my good friend Lindsay is obsessed with these little boys. <laughs> and uh, you don't look like them. And he's like, I'm Frankie. I'm the bonus Jonas. And I said, right, right, right. Sure. Right, right, right. <laughs> bonus, John. Like you just told me you're you're in a movie with the Jonas Brothers, and I'm looking at one of them allegedly, and I don't recognize him. None of this is matching up. Plus, you don't have at Disneyland when you're like a celebrity, you have like 
basically a security guard there wearing like a plaid clothes. Personal More like a, escort. Yeah. And they had none. It was literally just the three of them walking around the park. And this girl, and I'm talking to the mom because the mom is trying to tell me that her daughter is somebody. And the girl was too busy flirting with my coworker. And I was like, leaned over. His name was his name was Frankie also. I said, hey, man, I don't know what's going on here, but you probably shouldn't get this young girl's number. They crazy. And he's like, you're probably right, Kev. So he did not get her number, even though she did offer it. But she was 15 years old. Fast forward um, six months. Um, I see an ad for Camp Rock. And there's a girl that I've never seen before. And she said her name was Demi Lovato. And I got a text from that dude. And he said, I should have took her number. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And I said, in hindsight, yeah, I guess. But she was trying to get it in like that young. And the mom was like about it. Yeah, but like fast forward to 2021. He should have took her number. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But that was, it's just so funny because she's telling me that she just filmed a movie in Canada with the Jonas Brothers. And I think that she has like a little part. I'm not going to lie. I thought she was going to be like she's an, an extra. extra. Yeah. I thought she was going to be an extra in this movie. But she's with the Jonas Brother. Right. But it's not what I recognize. So I'm like, maybe they just became friends on the set. If if this is if this is telling the truth, because this is 2007, there's no like widespread Wikipedia Internet type things on my phone at the time. I have like a Blackberry curve that doesn't work that well. Side note. Remember when we all used to use BBM? Yes. <laughs> Those were the days. I know. I miss it. Classic. Classic. And so I, I'm in this BBM thing and I'm like, I'm like on my Blackberry and I'm not really able to search like I want to, you know. And so it's just funny to me that I, I thought that legitimately that she was just going to be like a extra in the movie, maybe. I mean, she was relatively unknown at the time. So even if you were trying to look her up on the Internet, you wouldn't have found much. Right. Correct. At the time, she has done pulling up as we're going to we're going to get into the cast like we normally do. But pulling up Demi Lovato at the time, she has done some Barney stuff. And that's it. She was on As the Bell Rings. It was a short series on Disney Channel. And she had a bit part in that. I mean. And then the next thing she has is this. She blew up. Yes. But she blew up. She went from like being a nobody to being on like the cover of every school supply folder that year. Yes. And I don't know how her mom called it. But she did. I just thought it was a mom being a mom having her. Oh, it was 100% a mom being a mom. But this mom happened to be right. (laughs) (laughs) I I think you're right. Because I was shocked. Shocked that she was able to get this done. And so it's impressive to me. And. Well, it's not like she's lacking talent. It's Demi Lovato. Right. But even still, I, I, I did not, exp- when mom is telling me about this, I don't think anything of it. Like literally nothing of it. Because why would I? Well, <laughs> yeah. Why would I? This is just another mom telling me that her kid's going to be someone important. And I'm like, okay. You're at Disneyland. You hear this all the time. Yeah. And. Like she said, she's going to be in a Disney thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. But who knew it was going to be this? 
I didn't. Right. <laughs> I didn't. I, if I had known that her mom, that, that she was going to be the star, I would have told the kid take the number. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then he'd be in jail. Well, my, yeah, he probably would have been in jail. Cause also, because the kid had like an 18-year-old girlfriend that was pregnant. It was all like bad. It was oh. bad luck. So and you're I, saying he could have ruined Demi Lovato. <laughs> well, Wilmer Valderrama did later, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about this cast. All right, let's do because it. Because this is probably one of the more star-studded um, cast that we have, I guess, right? So this movie stars, first and foremost, Demi Lovato, who I now love. And I think she's done amazing things since. But here she is, fresh-faced 15-year-old. She is the star of this movie playing the character of Mitchy Torres, which is a terrible name. Yeah. Is Mitchy her real name? Uh, that's all I got here is Mitchy. Is Mitchy short for Michelle? Is it short for Melissa? Is it short for Tiffany? I don't know. Like, I've never heard the name Mitchy before. It, it just says Mitchy here. I don't really know, man. That's all, that's all I got. It is a terrible uh, name, regardless. Yeah, because even if it is Michelle and you chose to go with Mitchie, that's really odd for the character name choice. Is it Mitchell, but it's a girl named Mitchell? So I, that's why I thought it was really weird for it to be called Mitchie, but, you know, whatever. We also have Joe Jonas playing the character Shane Gray, who's a spoiled, arrogant lead singer of the popular band Connect Three. So he's playing Joe Jonas. Yep. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we have Megan Martin. I, I, Joe Jonas is in stuff. He's a ba- he's an artist, right? Married to Sophie Turner. Yes. Yes. I mean, like, I'd say, and because I don't really need to go through. Like normally, I go through what everyone's done and stuff. He's Joe Jonas. Like all of these people are still in the public consciousness. DNC. You know what I'm saying? He's a if if you're listening to this in the year uh, three thousand. Um, if you're listening to this in the year 3000 their 7th album went platinum (laughs) also if you're listening to this in the year 3000 hopefully COVID lockdowns are over and your great 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 granddaughter is doing well oh but but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know everything's the same except that they live underwater yeah they all live underwater (laughs) these are all Jonas Brothers jokes ladies and gentlemen the the, the Jonas Brothers had a song called the year 3000 it was just a cover of a different song but even still, those were the thing, the lyrics of like the chorus. I got burning up. That's about it. Ah, burning up for you. Uh, you know who was burning up? Sophie Turner when she saw him. And she was like, mm, boom. And he had some kicked by the ocean. Anyway, Joe Jonas. These are all things from Joe Jonas. <laughs> That's all of my Joe Jonas stuff. DNCE. Joe Jonas. Oh, you're 2019. They got back together. I hope the Jonas Brothers are still together. I'm not really sure by the time you're listening to this what their state is. If it's like recent, I'm sure they're still together. But who knows in the future? Um, Megan Martin is also in this. Megan Martin was in uh, Mean Girls 2. She was in 10 Things I Hate About You, the TV show. She was in Awkward, House, Jesse. She has some like roles. She's around. She's around. Nothing huge. I only know her from Camp Rock. I haven't seen any of the others. At least not religiously. Not really. Yeah, and same. Um, the other Jonas Brothers are in here too. Nick and Kevin are also here. We have Maria Canals Barrera, who I was stoked to see 
anytime I see the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place, I'm always stoked because she's great. Yeah, yeah, I saw her. I was like, okay, I know her. I know some people. Yeah. So when she came out there, so she's in Wizards of Waverly Place. She played Teresa Russo. Um, she's an, she's an, a mom actress. I mean, she's a mom. And I just love every time she's there, I'm like, oh, we're going to get some great Latina takes. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, she played both Selena Gomez's mother and Demi Lovato's mother, and they were best friends at the time. You ever think about that? Mind blown. Are they sisters, sisters. from another mister? Sisters, yep. That's exactly what that is if you connect it all together. And finally, this thing stars Allison Stoner, who was in Camp Rock, who was in Cheaper by the Dozen, who is the background dancer in Missy Elliott's music videos when those were happening in the early 2000s. Three of them, plus like Eminem. Yeah. So she, to me, was the most talented artist in this thing. She's also the voice on uh, Phineas and Ferb, is she not? Yes. Yes. And she's also in like Kingdom Hearts and she's in a bunch of stuff and she continually works now. The most recently I've seen her in, I saw them give Missy Elliott a Lifetime Achievement Award at the uh, VMAs. Uh huh. And she came out there and did and danced, which was dope. So she can still get it. Because she can still get it because she can still dance. I thought that was amazing. I am super impressed by Allison Stoner. And when I saw her in this, I was super stoked. CJ, did you know that Allison Stoner was in Mitziella's music videos? Not until you told me. <laughs> I mean, that was before Camp Rock. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. And he just didn't recognize her. And I well, said it. She was, was a like, kid. What? She looks the same, though, at the time. She does. She does not look the same anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But there she looks the same because this was like three years removed from the Mitziella videos. Well, now I'm looking at the pictures and yeah, she You should have got that. <laughs> Well, she's a kid. Like, she's actually a kid. But she's a kid in the videos, and she's a kid in the movie. Well, I'm looking at side-by-side photos. I'm like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Now, she looks different. She looks older, obviously. Right. But Allison Stoner, I was very impressed by her in this movie, and I enjoyed... I didn't know that she could act. I guess she's been in other stuff, but I hadn't thought about this at the time. But she could act. She was really good. She was in Sweet Life with Zack and Cody. She was one of their regular people at the time. I didn't watch Sweet Life with Zack and Cody, so... I mean, I think at the time of this movie coming out, she was by far the biggest Disney name in this movie. Yeah, because she was the co-host of the Super Short Show on mm-hmm. Disney Channel. She's the only one that has the um, lead lead Disney Channel spot in terms of doing Zach and Cody. But so you would think she would be the star, but she got like that Brenda Song treatment and Ultimate Christmas Present. I mean, so <laughs> J- Jonas, the TV show, was not a thing yet. Right. So even the Jonas Brothers weren't on the Disney Channel like she was. But that was back when Disney also played music videos on Disney Channel, and they were pushing the Jonas Brothers at the time. So like people knew who the Jonas Brothers were. Oh, definitely. But they weren't TV stars or movie stars yet. That's fair. True. But that's the cast of this thing, man. Also, there's a guy that plays like his uncle. Um his uncle Brown Cesaro, played by Daniel Feathers. I don't know this dude. He at all. He was in uh, American Gangster. Started opposite of Rupert Grant. He's British. That's all I got on that guy. But those are all the people. Nice. Lindsay, you ready to talk about this movie? 
Yeah, I just do want to point out there's a lot of Canadian kid actors in this movie. Just throwing it out there. Well, it was filmed in Canada at a YMCA in Halliburton, Ontario. So they that probably just got local it. talent. Local <laughs> talent. Yeah, you don't have to pay for travel. True. Brought in Allison Stoner, brought in Maria Canales. You brought in Joe Jonas, the Jonas Brothers. Frankie Jones had to fly him out there for no reason, you know. <laughs> I I wonder if he was an extra, like one of the kids that was just running around. Possibly. That would make sense. Get him a well, little check. Yeah. Our film opens up with our main character, Mitchie, and she's waking up and getting ready for school, but she's jamming out to her own music, which she it appears that she produced as well. Yep. And the song she's getting ready to is Who Will I Be? And okay. During this song, she is trying on different hairstyles and outfits and, like, comical eyewear and different instruments. And I I didn't realize it at the time, but this whole entire scene is really just saying that she has no idea who she is. <laughs> yes. I didn't realize that, but yes, yeah, I agree. Um, by the end of the song, she ends up in a pretty normal outfit for 2008. Her hair is the exact same as when she woke up. Yeah. She grabs her songbook, and the next thing we see is she's having breakfast downstairs, and she's watching Hot Tunes, which is basically what, I don't, like an E! News, but for music. So before we got to there, when I saw that she had the songbook, and we were looking at it, and at the front of it says Mitchie's songbook. I said, ah, yes, check off songbook. I know this is going to come back at some point. Oh, yeah. And this is going to matter. And that was the one of the two things I noticed in that opening title screen scene. The other thing I noticed was that the dancing was terrible by her. And I don't think she's gotten much better now as an adult. But she could, the girls could sing. No, the girl could sing. But her dancing was not very good there. So what I took away was, is this style really from 2008 or is it the mid 90s? Like I got some Clarissa Explains It All vibes from her wardrobe. I did not because I recently watched Clarissa Explains It All on CBS All Access and it's much more colorful. Really? Well, there was a lot of purple. Her whole room was purple. Yeah, but like there's like a lot of different vibrant colors on Clarissa. Because mm. it's more like an 80s vibe type deal type show. It's funny because TV shows are always like 10 years behind what fashion is actually at. So I could see the 2008 like vibe at the time, but she was a kid, you know, doing like kid stuff in the movie. Or know? is this like the Canada thing because it was filmed in Canada that Canada is like 10 years behind according <laughs> to How I Met Your do Mother? Do not slander our brothers to the north. That's not what we do here. Okay. We, we're a worldwide podcast. We're like number 17 in Albania. At least we were <laughs> last time. I got a report. <laughs> All right. So don't listen. Don't. Yeah, I didn't say anything up. about Albania. Those are TV and film. We're moving up those TV and film charts in Canada. Shout, shout out, out to you guys. Yeah, shout out to all our international listeners. Yeah, we have tons of international listeners. <laughs> not like our, not like the other show you do, which only talked about American sports. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge, third American sports. <laughs> well, but back to this. So, hot tunes. The reporter is filling us in on the newest scandal with pop star Shane Gray from Connect Three, which terrible band name. Terrible. Terrible band name. Connect Three. So <sighs> they, sh they showed his photo there, and all I put in my notes was RAR. <laughs> <laughs> These hairstyles for them were definitely short-lived. 
they they went into a less straightened look not not soon after but um well the reporter fills us in that because of his most recent temper tantrum the summer tour has been canceled that would uh, never happen like you're not turning down that money because he threw a temper tantrum so you unless you got to get him like rehab if you got him like rehab, then yeah, not to go to like a summer concert, not a summer camp. That it was rehab for him. I guess. I guess. I, my favorite part though is that as soon as we got this scene, I'm like, oh, it's the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place. I, like, I didn't even care about Demi Lovato in that moment. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's Teresa. <laughs> and, then, and, and then, like, I have here, Teresa is a caterer. Uh, Demi Lovato wants to go, but Teresa won't let her go to camp because they're broke. Teresa calls the husband by his first name, Steve. Uh, Wiz mom tells her that they can't twink it. Uh, Demi Lovato leaves. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the gist of the scene. We <laughs> we jump to um, sh- basically after school and after her school job flipping burgers, she returns home and that's when we get the great news that she will in fact be attending Camp Rock. And her mom's taken a catering job at the camp so that she can go with a reduced tuition. You miss a very important part. Demi Lovato has one friend named Sierra. They didn't name her. She, they did. She says her by name. That was it. That's the only time you see her. You never see her again. But she comes in there. Demi says, hey, Sierra. And then Sierra is a lot really quickly and like a real short burst. And then she mellows out. And she's like, oh, yeah, you can't go to Camp Rock. That's it. So you also missed the part where when she does come home from the job and the parents are like, we need to tell you something. I was ready for them to say they're getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> like They're way too happy for that to be the news. Oh, no, because she's finally grown up enough to understand that they don't love each other. So they're separating. Well, my favorite part was that she said, uh, he said, how was work? She said, well, I went and we flipped burgers and we flipped some more burgers. What are we having for dinner? And he's like, I don't know, burgers. <laughs> <laughs> They're a burger family. Um, I completely forgot she had a father in this movie. And he was so there in two I scenes. rewatched that one, it. Yeah. That one in the very end. Oh, so yeah. before I watched the movie, I had put in the notes, where's Mitchie's absentee father? And then he showed up, and I, did, I felt bad that I forgot about him. <laughs> but he's very forgettable. Well, we jump forward and we arrive at Camp Rock. And all of the campers are arriving as well. And some of these kids look like they straight up had sugar for breakfast. They are doing <laughs> yes. flips off the side of the bus, uh, drumming on everything in sight. Like one dude is like dance walking like crackheads do on sidewalks in the big <laughs> cities. And Mitchie's, and Mitchie's mom pull up in the catering truck. And she's already awestruck, right? Like jaw dropped, just ogling everyone and she her attention is drawn to uh this windblown diva as she steps out of a limo and that's tess right we find out later that that's tess which is right at the time i just have a girl in limo gets out while mitchy and her mom pull up in a food truck so if you know that you're the chef for the camp why are you bringing a food truck like you would know what equipment they have ahead of time. Couldn't you have just like came in the family car? Well, maybe dad has the family car. 
Oh, the absentee father. Yeah. <laughs> no, he works at the hardware store, man. He owns a hardware store. Did they say that too? They said at the yeah. very end that it's a hardware store. I when she said she's at the shop because she says earlier that he's at the store. I thought it was like a restaurant that they like also serve the food out of. I thought that that was the family's restaurant she worked at. Nope. Two different places. Huh. Definitely not. So uh, mom and Mitchie are sharing a cabin and Mitchie is out the door before she even gets introduced to the camp director. And this guy is like talking himself up and he's a huge uh, name dropper. So he's dropping like Mick Jagger and Aerosmith and he's the founding member of the White Crows. Dude was trying to get it in. I Oh, you had the same I thought. had the same okay, thought. Okay, so right here in my notes, I have, dude is trying to make it happen. She's a married woman to two different people. I see you, Jerry. See, all, all I had is, all I had is, all I had is, camp director is trying to get it in. Oh, well. well. Jerry is Jerry is the father in what is the Waverly Place, if you're wondering. <laughs> <laughs> She's married twice. She's married twice. I was worrying wondering about her other family this entire movie. <laughs> well, I, I just I was just surprised. I, I thought for sure that dude was trying to make it happen. I thought and I was very surprised as the movie goes on. Spoiler alert, he's actually a decent dude. Yeah. I thought this was just a lame attempt plot line wise for us to know that this camp is a big deal and only big deals go to the camp. But I like the trying to get it in theory way better than mine. I was like, sure. He was shooting a shot. (laughs) Yeah. I thought for sure you're shooting a shot. So back in the mix of the camp, uh, Mitchie is soaking up all the vibes and she actually runs in to our windblown diva who is immediately assaulted insulted and rudely walks off and that's when we meet caitlin which is allison stoner Mm -hmm. and she introduces herself as a future top-selling music producer and informs us that that diva is tess tyler who is the daughter of tj oh wait is it tyler Tyler. or taylor it's tyler i thought i have it as tyler i got misspellings uh tj (laughs) tyler and uh who is a multi-Grammy Award winner. And Caitlin informs us that Tess isn't necessarily talented. She's just really good at trying to be talented. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so we get our music director who comes up on stage to get the first jam started. And that's when we learn about this event called Final Jam, which sounds like a large competition at the end of camp but mostly the camp is about learning new skills finding your style but most importantly they're going to be having a celebrity instructor this year Mm -hmm. and it is shane from the first screen aka joe jonas aka mr sophie turner (laughs) so we jump to the back of a limo in which shane is having a complete meltdown about wasting his time at a stupid summer camp and we have nick and nate i guess his name's nate but it's nick and he's reminding shane about how much they love the camp and they were campers just three years ago yeah so kevin who is supposedly jason has been he's fit into the role of the dumb 
one yeah, in okay. this movie. It meant to be comic relief, but not funny. Not at all. No. Not funny um, at all. I found him entertaining. And the thing that was super funny to me about him not being funny is I was like, Nick Jonas got more lines in this one scene than Kevin did. And that's how you knew that this one was going to be the star. Because Nick Jonas is the actual star. I also had, at this point, why wasn't Nick Jonas the star? Well, because he wasn't the star of the band at the time yet. Joe, they were still trying to make Joe happen. Joe was definitely the lead of the band at the time of this movie. He was the lead singer, and he was the face, for sure, of the band. And Yeah, I don't remember that. At the time, Nick hadn't really grown into what Nick is today, which right. is substantially more talented and or handsome than Joe Jonas. These are all true. These are these are both Fair. facts. He's a he's Fair. a handsome man. Yeah. Joe Jonas is an afterthought now. No, Kevin's the actual still the afterthought. But then it's Joe. Like if I were to rank the Jonas brothers, it goes Frankie. Actually, Frankie's it goes Kevin bottom. It goes Frankie next because Frankie's really giving him some stuff on TikTok. He's really bringing his TikTok game. Then it goes Joe Jonas. Then it goes Nick Jonas. Far and above. Far and above. I feel like Kevin really didn't have a chance because he's been with the same woman his basically his entire life. Like yeah. he he couldn't be promoted as the teen heartthrob because he was already taken. <laughs> that's true. Like they didn't even attempt it. So that's why he gets to be like the comic relief and the dumb one because they didn't have anything else to do with him. <laughs> So um, that's Kevin fills us in that uh, this is where Connect Three connected, which makes no sense because they all have the same last name, indicating they're brothers. They're brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. <laughs> they're brothers. But maybe they were trying to be individual artists and decided they were better as a group. I mean, that's a possibility, but still probably unlikely. It was just a weird thing for him to say. It it was. Um, and that's when Nick randomly drops the information that the camp director is their uncle. I missed that at that point. I missed it too. Well, yeah, he said you get to hang out with Uncle Brown. And ah. that's that's it. It's not until they introduce themselves later that you're like, oh, wait, they're all related. I, I just had him as Counselor F-Boy. So. And I, <laughs> I was still staring at Joe's hair. Joe's hair was doing things in this movie. It was doing things. It was doing things in this movie, man. I didn't notice that. It's very sharp. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Rawr. straightened. Definitely too long. And very, it looks like it would be like crisp. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick explains to Shane that Right now, he is the bad boy in the press, and the label has a problem with that, which means they have a problem with it. Kevin jumps in and is like, well, I actually don't have a problem with it. Before he changes his mind, he's like, wait, I do have a problem with it. <laughs> they tell him, like, fix his image. The camp is going to help fix the image. Enjoy some nature. Get a tan. And before they drive off, leaving him behind, Nick drops the bomb that he informed the press that Shane would be recording a duet with the winner of Final Jam, which super pisses Shane off. This is really difficult to do because I put Joe in all of my notes, but his name is Shane. I mean, so. we, we've been using them both, so <laughs> why stop now? Yeah, Joe Shane. 
Joe Shane. Yeah. Joe Shane Gray. We cut to Mitchie, who is forming hamburgers in the kitchen. Yeah. And mom asks her about open mic night. And basically, Mitchie's too afraid to get up in front of all these talented kids. Understandable. They've kind of like intimidated her already. Yeah. When you show up and people are like drumming and doing backflips off of buses, I'd be a little intimidated. My favorite part was the kid that started at the beginning of the limo and then did like this pop lock all the way to the end of the limo. That seemed unnecessary. But it was fine. I liked it. He like dislocated <laughs> then, his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Took him out of socket, put him back in. It was it crazy. Was gross. And then <laughs> Tess uh, gets out the thing and then the hair blow, the wind blows her hair back while she's standing there by herself. It was so interesting. do you think that happened to be a breeze or do you think she pays somebody that blows her hair whenever she get, comes out of doors? Obviously pays somebody. Yes. I need to do that for myself. Yeah. I, I don't know what hair you're going to bring back. Blow, blow back. You got much. But... <laughs> So mom asked her to take the garbage out. So she's on her way to the dumpster and she hears Tess and her cronies practicing in their cabin. And she peeps in and that's when we see Tess being super overbearing. Just yelling at her backup singers and clearly not having a fun time. So in my, in my notes I have uh, girls obviously a bitch. Black backup girl is given a lot of shade back. Yep. She will be a good guy by the end of this movie. <laughs> oh, because I was watching the three of them in the cabin. I'm like, number one, where are all the adults? Where are the counselors? And number two, what's up with the sweatsuits? Oh, I was just thinking about the black girls. Like that black girl's going to turn it around because her, turns out we find out her name is Peggy. But I was like, Peggy, the shade she is given back to Tess means that Peggy will not be in this group for long. No, she will not. Correct. Well, we jump and Mitchie is setting up the dining room and she takes the opportunity to play one of her songs while no one else is around. Outside the dining room, we've got uh, Joe Shane, who has already had enough, right? He's already had enough for three hours. He's like, please get me the hell out of this camp. I need more hair product. And Nick and Kevin are like, nah, fam. See ya. Bye. And then they hang up. So they tell him to embrace the natural look. Yeah. So one of the female campers spot Joe Shane and they chase him and he hides in the bushes outside the dining room. That was the most pathetic hiding behind bushes. It was super obvious that he was there. All it would have taken is for just one of them to turn around and see him fully standing there. But... (laughs) Uh, he overhears Mitchie on the piano singing, This Is Me. And once the girl's clear, he goes into the dining room to find this mystery singer, but the room is empty by then. Back in the cabin, mom informs Mitchie that she has completed all the prep work, so Mitchie is free for tonight. And she's super worried about what to wear because she started to compare herself to all these rich kids at camp. Mm-hmm. And her mom reminds her to be herself. Right. So, she tells her that constantly throughout this movie. Yeah. Right. So I just learned this new thing about imposter syndrome. Yep. I had never and heard about this it. before. She definitely 100% has it where mm-hmm. you you basically fear that you don't belong there. Yep. Which she didn't. No, That's she not did, man. true, her talent, though. Her talent says she does. But she wasn't rich. That, isn't, that shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It mattered to her. I know, which is why it was bad, bad luck. It shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
she right. obviously ends up being the biggest person out of this camp for the most part by the end. But... Uh, no, but we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. She didn't well, win fi- Final Jam. What? Spoilers, she didn't man. win Final Jam? <laughs> she didn't win. What? We'll talk about it. She didn't win. Okay. What, so you made it to the end of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> so at the mic night, Mitchie shows up wearing her mom's clothes. Because she needs to like look different because her clothes are the same, but whatever. Right. So Caitlin introduces us to Lola and the music director kicks off the evening and she introduces Lola Scott as the first singer. The gentlemen in the room are already high-fiving just by her name, like her walking by and they're <laughs> like already. They know what's about to happen. She's about to get up there and kill this overproduced track that we we're about yes. to hear. Not only was the track overproduced, but very early into this movie, I saw this lip syncing is awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's it's funny because they're all lip syncing to their own voices. Yeah. I, I, I hope this all their own voices because the lip sync was bad. It was bad. I, yeah. I mean, I think it is. Uh, so what it takes is the song. It's a super upbeat, super catchy, super lacking substance. Yes. Yes. Um. She is not lacking in her ability to work the room, though, because that seems to be what the main performance is about. Yes, yes, yes. And then the, the boys have all this choreography down. Just yes. crushing it. So I, I wanted to point that out because I don't really know who their characters are, but it's Jordan Francis and Rashawn Fegan. Okay. I thought, looking at this scene, I was like, those kids are going to go somewhere. Oh, like nope, they're super nah. talented dancers, and that it, in my opinion, really makes this scene because the whole gist of the song is like, "Do you have what it takes to be my man?" And it kind of turns into like the dudes are dancing to like, you know, for her to prove mm-hmm. that they're worthy. And these two kids are fantastic at dancing. Well, Jordan Francis, also known as J Man, had a record had a record deal with Hollywood Records, but he's never released an album, nor has he done anything on television since 2013. Well, um, he does have a track on he has two tracks on this soundtrack. Jordan Okay, Francis and he also does. went on tour with the Jonas Brothers in 2010 and then uh Rashawn Fegan uh, that kid was on Dancing with the Stars in 2012. So shortly after this, he was in Shake It Up. So he had a little bit more stuff. So was yeah. he a star or was he one of the dancers? Dancers. The Asian dancer was, okay. was Roshan. Well, they do they do their own number later. But yeah, I just That's wanted big. to point out because they're not really main cast, but they, they're, they're really talented for not even being close to main cast. Yeah, I can see that. Right. Um, B-Boy's killing it. Yeah. Lola's done. Uh, overall, it's a fun scene. It's pretty unexpected since we just met this Lola character like five seconds ago, and she's already performing and blowing Mitchie out of the water, basically. Yeah. So, um, Caitlin explains to us that Lola's mom is on Broadway, but the kids around the camp really don't care because it's nope. really all about money, which is why Tess runs the camp. <laughs> uh, so, at that point, Tess approaches Miss Mitchie and Caitlin and it looks like she just came over to look down on Caitlin because her parents are entertainers on a cruise ship and that's kind of what she came to do yeah. 
Yeah. And she's like, oh, who's this new young blood that I could also make fun of? Right. So Mitchie interrupts that conversation and is fangirling over Tess's mom. And she introduces herself and Peggy asks her if her dad's the famous composer. And she explains, nah, he owns a hardware store. And they literally just start to walk away without saying anything. Yeah, she's like, but my, but my mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my mom is the president of hit flicks. Hot tunes. Hot tones. <laughs> hot tunes entertainment in China, though. So, like, like you ain't seen her. Right. She's in China, though. So they're super impressed by her lie and says that they're going to be best friends and that you know, there's a there's an empty bunk in their cabin and they have to come sit in the VIP area. And, and in this moment, this movie became Mean Girls. Yeah, I wrote the same <laughs> thing. I literally wrote the same thing. Classic Mean Girls. You got a classic Mean Girls hijinks. Tess, a.k.a. Regina George. Mm-hmm. We have... Is um, that who she plays in the Mean Girls series? Or Mean Girls No, she too? plays somebody else, but she's basically Regina George here. We have... Um, Ella as Gretchen Wieners. Or is she the one that's that's dumb? No. Ella is the dumb she's Karen. For sure. Yeah. And then we have Peggy as Gretchen Wieners. Yeah. And then we have Mitchie as Caddy. Yes. It's Katie. <laughs> and um And Caitlin is Janice Eden. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So Mitchie moves into the cabin and basically says to her mom that she's going to be, she'll meet her early to help in the kitchen. And when they get, when we get into Tess's cabin, Tess is holding a poster of her mom while trying to get a hold of her mom on the phone. And she snaps at Peggy, who is sitting on her bunk playing a guitar. And Tess can't even get a sentence in on the phone with her mom before she gets cut off. And her mom tells her she'll call her back. This so, seems to be a regular occurrence where she doesn't get any love from her mom. So, like, as we've learned, it's all about money at this camp. And Tess is so cool. Why didn't she have a razor? <laughs> like, I literally thought that as I'm watching this. And then I proceeded to look it up. The first razor came out in 2004. This is 2008. She should have had a razor. But then the razor might not be cool at this point. Why does she have a sidekick? Huh. She probably should have had a sidekick. She probably should have had a sidekick. Anyway, go ahead, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mitchie asks which bed is hers when she comes in, and Tess points to the one that Peggy is currently sitting on, and Tess says, Peggy doesn't mind, don't you? And Peggy just, like, stops complaining and moves. So did she give away Peggy's bed? She gave bed? away Peggy's bed. Or was that Peggy's bonus bed for no, her No, no, that was no, Peggy's bed. Like, she, Peggy Peggy's had to bed. move her stuff away. Yeah, she's, she's terrible to Peggy. Right. So Tess makes a comment about the small amount of clothes that Midgey has brought, and that's when she just starts making up more lies. Yeah, she just continues to lie and is not very good at it. Um, and then she brings out her songbook, and I said, here, Tess is going to steal that songbook. And perform one of the songs as her own, because that's what it looks like here. Here's Chekhov's song songbook again. How is that not the plot of this movie? <laughs> it happens. It happens in another part, and I'm like, you know exactly what Tess is gonna do, and then yes. she does not. She does it. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get there, because I was very disturbed. But yes, the, this is 
as I'm going through the, because you know, with these movies, Lindsay, the ones I haven't seen, I like to try to guess what the plot is as I'm going through. And this seemed very obvious what it would be. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is still a decent movie if that's what, how it goes. But we see Mitchie's songbook. It says Mitchie's songbook way too big for it to not be the main part of this thing. Right. And then she performs that song that I had heard before in another thing in the world. Because I knew that song when it came on. I wrote uh, that I knew that song. I didn't know how I knew that song, but I had heard Which, it the time. It's funny because Mitchie has a songbook, but Mitchie only sings one song. No, 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 no. That's fine. No, she that's doesn't. That's her main song, but she sings a couple other songs. It's fine. That's not that's not some shade. Mm. She has a songbook full of songs, but that's her like her go to. That's her biggest hit that she has written. That's her favorite song that she's written. And I I would thought for sure Tess was still in this thing because she has it right. That's what I just figured. And then she's like, "All right, oh, you write your own stuff. Interesting." And then she's like, "It's not it's not that good." She's like, "Let me hear it." And so she sings the song, and she's like, "Got it. I'm gonna take that." And she doesn't. Well, this is mine now. So there's a random scene in here where Tess begs for compliments on her charm bracelet. Yeah, because she said, My mom gets me a new charm every time she wins a Grammy. But she didn't seem to have the 30 charms that uh, Mitchie and Caitlin were talking about. Oh, I think <sighs> they said like a million. <laughs> but so Tess is going through Mitchie's songbook and. She she's surprised that she can write songs, right? And then she asks her to sing one, and Mitchie doesn't really want to because she's shy. And they push her to do it. She sings a little verse, and then she gets too embarrassed and she stops. And Peggy and Ava are telling her like how awesome she is, and she really doesn't believe it. And Tess is still just going through the book, like yes, completely it, ignoring yeah. her. Which is why I thought for sure. We were going to see something different happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, Mitchie wakes up with an alarm clock and tries to sneak out of the cabin as if the alarm clock wouldn't wake up everybody in that cabin. Okay, that's exactly what I have here. I said, Mitchie, Mitchie wakes up with a loud ass alarm clock. Right. I have no idea how no one else moved. And even as she sneaks out the cabin, someone stirs and she's like, you're dreaming. Okay, I'm a rock star. Ridiculous. Well, that's the Karen of the group, so she's not very smart. Well, she does the prep for breakfast and then sneaks out the back and then mixes in with the crowd that's coming in the front door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She does her, (laughs) I have here with her Hannah Montana ass. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) So Mitchie sits with Caitlin and Lola at first and Caitlin makes comment that she's slumming, slumming it. it. Slumming it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin's just killing it here. Yes. Well, Caitlin Tess... speaks nothing but truth. Caitlin's already done with Mitchie's shit. <laughs> Caitlin <laughs> speaks the truth. <laughs> so Tess walks in and calls for Mitchie to follow her to another table, and Caitlin tells her she better follow. Mm-hmm. Caitlin's and... under a dumbass. Yep. <laughs> Caitlin asks Mitchie if uh, she's any good musically, and Mitchie's like, I don't know, maybe. And Caitlin warns her that if she wants to be friends with Tess, she better not be good. Mm-hmm. And Tess is calling again, so she's making her wait too long. Yep. Tess immediately asks where Mitchie was this morning, and she dodges the question. So we jump back, and Shane is... Not trying to get up. Not trying to get up at all. 
Uncle Brown comes and pours water on him and tells him he teaches his first class in five minutes. Mm-hmm. So. Cut to the first class where Mitchie's in it. Yep. Well, Mitchie is, and pretty much every character we know are in this, this first class with Uncle Brown. And mm-hmm. he wants to know who's going to sing first. And everybody but Mitchie raises their hand. So obviously he's going to pick Mitchie. Correct. Right. So Tess tries to jump in her place, but Uncle Brown shuts her down. Mm-hmm. So she gets up there and she sings the a verse from the song from the opening that she was getting ready to. I know what it was, but I was like, she killed it. Demi crushed that song. She didn't want to sing it though. She didn't want. To, I don't want to sing. Ah! Like that's yeah. exactly how I don't. Ah! Like it was like, oh wow, oh wow. You didn't want to sing. Oh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she obviously started super quiet, and they. He makes Uncle Brown makes a tiki room joke. Solo, I cannot hear you. Oh, I definitely yeah. hate that. Yep, yep, yep. Um. So. Tess is really pissed that she kills it. And that's after class is when Tess convinced Mitchie that she wants, that she should be her backup singer for Final Jam. And Mitchie says she was thinking about doing a solo and Tess discourages her, it being her first time and all, and how brave she must be to perform in front of a crowd that large, in front of everyone. Peggy encourages her to sing solo but Tess keeps hammering her, and eventually it becomes Mitchie's idea to sing back up for Tess. Mm-hmm. You see that, like, Jedi mind trick? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so Mitchie heads to the kitchen to help her mom, and she's running late. And once she gets in, mom's going to take some baked goods to storage, and she asks her to start the cleanup. So she's ducked down behind this counter when Joe Shane walks in, Yep. And is loudly yelling hello on repeat. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Well, yelling hello and then drops the, I can see you, but right? doesn't like seek them out. Correct. Correct. So she's afraid to be associated with the kitchen. So she puts on a baker's hat. So dumb. Just so dumb that she I'm- doesn't like her mom being. The, uh, the a cook at the kitchen or her even working in the kitchen is dumb that she keeps trying to hide. So I also thought that was dumb. I was like, if people know your mom is the cook, don't you get a certain kind of clout? Because you can like hook it up. I can get you extra cookies and cupcakes and things like that, which when these kids are bouncing off the walls with sugar, Mitchie would be very popular. On top of all of this, the camp that she's in is a high class, is a very expensive people. They expect good food and 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 Jerry's wife is serving good food. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She she's killing it with the food. I know she's not a wizard, but she's doing what she can. And <laughs> she's killing the food game. So I don't know why you would not want to be associated with that. But anyway, go on. I'm tired of her already. I well, I feel like there's some weird association with the caterer being poor because it they automatically jump to conclusions saying like, you know, oh, you're poor on multiple occasions, but just because someone's a caterer, it doesn't mean they don't have money. I don't understand where that's coming from because for all they know, like she could be super successful. So the caterer to the rich is probably also rich. Usually. Yeah. (laughs) So regardless, she doesn't want to be associated with the kitchen. So she puts on this tall baker's hat and then she throws 
flour all over her face. Yep. Which and... flour's not staying on your face like that. Like if he really did that, it would just be like white powder. It wouldn't be like caked on like it was. Well, maybe she was sweaty from running because she was late. But she slowly Wait. comes up from behind the counter and her face is just completely caked. Yes. Um, Joe Shane introduces himself and he he's like, oh, although like, I'm sure even the kitchen staff knows who I am. Oh yeah, he's he says, very arrogant and when he comes in there being who he is, she definitely just tells him off, which I was very proud of. And I was like, how does she have this kind of energy, yet she's hiding from people in the kitchen? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he continues to be a dick about his food allergies. Yep. And uh, she shuts it down. And he's like, well, I'll get my manager to let you guys know again. I'm sorry, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> he scampers out. Basically. So as he's scampering out, she even says like, <clears throat> And he turns around and says, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so I and thought, get leave. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> so the next day, we cut to Uncle Brown escorting Joe Shane to his teaching responsibilities because he apparently blew off the class the day before. Mm. So not, you got to just get in there and get things done, Joe <laughs> Shane. So Joe insists that he did not sign up for this, and he tells his Uncle Brown to get his agent on the phone. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, "What happened to you? You used to be this kid that like loved music, and that it was all here. that mattered. You did this camp. You've done this camp before, bro. Yeah. And he's like, he tells him to stop acting like it's all about him. And Shane says, "In my world, it is all about me." And then that's when Uncle Brown like grabs him by around the shoulders and shows him the surroundings and is like, "Oh, but you're in my world." <laughs> It was so, funny because this is when I started to soften on him. I was like, maybe, maybe he's not trying to smash out, uh, mom. Why? Maybe, I mean, why can't he be both? I okay. thought he was both. No, no, no. Because at this point, he hasn't shown any, uh, any kind of like attitude anymore, other than the very initial. So, like, maybe I misread Counselor Brown. Maybe he's not trying to smash Connie. Oh, no, he was definitely still trying to smash. <laughs> Maybe he tried to smash her if she rebuffed him and said, I'm married twice. And he said, all right, cool. <laughs> Why cool, not cool. three times? <laughs> because I'm married once in this movie and another time on TV to Jerry. <laughs> so Joe Shane is be to be teaching hip-hop dance at 2 p.m., so the moment I saw that it was hip hop dance, I said, "Oh man, we got those b boys and Allison Stoner in here. Why is Joe Jonas teaching this class?" And that's exactly how it looks, by the way, <laughs> because you have some crazy talent in this room, and he runs this class more like, like it's a performance dance. Yes, how so- you would dance while you had to do ex- like singing. They were they were backup dancers. That's what they were. And I was very confused because all of the kids were in the same class again. I was like, what is this, Hogwarts? Because they're all in the same classes all the time. And then as he did the dance instruction, they all learned the dance in two seconds. Well, like I said, Allison Stoner's in there. She she actually, what you guys didn't see was that uh, before George got in there, she said, let me show you what I did in the Work It video. And she, <laughs> <laughs> she busted out her moves and Missy Elliott's, working video and that like little park where she, the part where she's by herself 
and she like does the coin the coin drop or whatever. Like she she showed them those moves. And then Joe Jonas got there and he was like, We're gonna sashay and we're gonna do this. No, he said we're gonna start, start, start the party. <laughs> Which is the Francis song, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So That's funny. one other thing I took away from this class is like, so you're sending all of these kids to classes together, but if you're at Camp Rock, you're trying to specialize. So, like, Mitchie wants to be a singer. The drumming kid wants to be a drummer. Caitlin wants to be a music producer. It's not beneficial for Caitlin to be in a hip-hop dance class if she wants to be a music producer. Shouldn't she be learning about, like, making beats or making music rather than how to dance, which she's never going to need in her toolkit? What I kind of thought this was was more like a free... Like, it's not like they're enrolled in classes. I feel like you have the choice to go to these classes and maybe they they just choose to be in this hip-hop dance class. Maybe. I can see that. See, I thought they were, like, grouped by age and just sent No, nah, they're to like, we're places. all the main characters. Let's all be in the same classes. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, I did have the same thought that you did, though, because so at the end of the dance, the drummer kid falls down. Yes, yeah, silent drummer. Uh, Tess makes fun of him by saying, like, talk about dancing to the beat of a different drum. But that's when Shane asks, like, hey, man, are you any good at drumming? And the kid pulls drumming sticks out of his, like, pocket and starts drumming on the floor. And Shane tells him, he's like, you're a drummer, man. Like, no shit, first of all. <laughs> and then he tells him, well, like. gave it away, the drumsticks. Yeah. <laughs> and he's <laughs> like. Using them. <laughs> the beat's in your hands. We just have to work on getting that beat to your feet. And it's like, and, why? Yeah, exactly. Why? My job is to sit. And then the, the tap of bass drum and hit drum, snares and uh, timpanies and other things with my hands. I don't, what do I need to learn how to dance for? Like, in what world would a drummer need to be able to also dance? Like, <laughs> uh, it makes no sense, but... I have that here. I don't know what he's doing in a dance class. He no. should not be here. But basically, that character is just an opener for us to see that Joe Shane is not completely a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and that he, he is actually opening up to this idea of teaching. Mm-hmm. So the next day at breakfast, Mitchie is with Tess and the gang when her mom comes over to meet her new friends. Just try to be a good mom stuff. Connie's over here doing the best she can. Yeah. Well, she's a good mom. Everyone wants to know why the caterer is so interested in Mitchie and Mitchie's no, friends. Tess like blows her off because she's a jerk. Mitchie also ignores her mom, which is terrible. And then Connie calls Mitchie by name, which is what's great. <laughs> which is great. Well, and then everyone wants to know, yeah, how they know her. Well, she adds another layer of lies, and she says that, like, oh, don't doesn't everyone know her? I mean, she is the cook to the stars. Like, she cooks for everyone, even Jessica and Nick pre breakup and Pharrell. <laughs> Two thousand eight, you know. Uh, so she gets away with that one for the time being. Back in Shane's cabin, he is playing Mitchie's This Is Me song mm-hmm. that he overheard on yeah. the guitar when Uncle Brown walks in. And Uncle Brown notes that that sounds like his old stuff. Which and... is probably more heartfelt and stuff. And he's like, 
I don't do that anymore, man. The label just wants me to play pop stuff. Right. But he said that he's thinking about changing the group sound as if he has unilateral like <laughs> control over that. <laughs> control over the group. When clearly Nick is in charge of the group, like <laughs> responsibility wise. I mean he sent him to camp to read. Yeah, sent him I'm to so... camp. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Nick does all the contracts for that <laughs> group. Yes, for sure. But Joe is the talent. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> So we get back into the kitchen, and Mom is questioning Mitchie's new friends, specifically yeah. Tess. Connie does how... not like Tess at all. No, She's and not, just, it's not your type, basically. No. This is not the kind of friend you normally have, man. And she's like, I got one friend, Mom. I got one yeah. friend. And now I have friends <laughs> with an S. I got three friends. With I got an one S. friend at home, three friends here, four friends. <laughs> four friends. <laughs> well, and she's like, she's not like Sheila. And she's like, Sheila, no. she, we saw Sheila in one scene. Sierra, Sierra, Sierra. <laughs> this is Sierra in one scene. So I think because this was at the time of MySpace, the bigger problem was Connie was like, I, I want to stay on your top eight. And if you make these yeah. friends, I won't be on your top eight. <laughs> okay, she's still there. She's friend number five. Mom is friend five. She wants well, to be number one. Mom starts to say, like, you've always been so independent, but Mitchie thinks that she's going to say invisible. <laughs> she cuts her off real quick and says, "You've always been so invisible, invisible, mom, invisible." And she's like, "No, no. what?" Which is that imposter thing again? Uh, so we jump to campfire jam. So this is when I'm starting to notice that all these different events—they're all jams. So we've got like the opening jam and the beach jam and the campfire jam, but. And the this upcoming is, pajama jam. Yeah, in the, the pajama, pajama jam. jam. This is our podcast jam. <laughs> so <laughs> no. <laughs> this this Where one is guess. set up. <laughs> it's outside, and it literally has a bonfire on stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we do. Tess does her number, and she's got all three girls singing backup, which includes Mitchie. And the song and is four dancers, and yes, and backup dancers, and yes. the song is too cool. So, the whole time, Mitchie looks bored, or that like yeah. she's questioning her life choices. Well, if you listen to the lyrics, she talks about being too cool to know you. Yeah. Yes. And so, as she's singing background, she's like, uh, "Should I be singing this? This <laughs> sounds like a terrible song for me to be singing because this doesn't sound too fun." But you know, friends. um. I think Mitchie was more like, I am not a backup singer, as she's sitting there singing. Yes. Well, Singing-ish. Singing-ish. It's it's pretty bad. Like, despite this being a campfire performance and that we see no microphones on Tess, she is crazy auto-tuned. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. You can actually hear, like... And another voice. So it's like she's backing herself up and it's auto-tuned. But after the song ends, Mitchie just looks sad. Yeah. And Didn't want to be there. Didn't feel good about what she just did. No. Well, Caitlin grabs her when she walks off the stage and asks if she enjoyed singing back up. Caitlin's getting through to her. She's making her realize some things. Yeah, but Mitchie's just seeing it as her being mean like she's seeing caitlin is the villain right now mitchie's dumb now i thought mitchie thought that caitlin was jealous not necessarily being mean but just like 
this girl is jealous because we're not friends. She wishes that she could lie like I did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mitchie storms off and we jump to the next day and Shane is playing a new song out by the lake and Mitchie interrupts him. He gets super pissed about getting but then he space so fast. Yeah, to be well, nice. It's because he's egocentric, and she gives him a compliment. Yep. <laughs> but like she, she immediately says like, "Oh, that sounds different than your other stuff," and he gets even more oh. defensive. But then she's like, "I really like it," and all of a sudden he's like, "Ooh, oh. tell me more." <laughs> yeah, so fast, ridiculous. <laughs> tell me more about how great I am. The flip was so quick it made my head spin. I was like, "That was what? How'd that happen?" Gave me whiplash. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, Demi though, she be she putting that flirt game on. She she crushing that flirt game. I mean, you've seen it live and in person, which is why it made more sense. Like, so she just used those same moves she used on Shane. <laughs> she's using the same rules. I see it. I see her. Well, she continues to ask about his old sound, and that's when he starts bitching about how the label doesn't think it'll sell. And she says that the only way you'd know if a new sound would sell is if you try. Right. And by the way, she knows one girl that would buy that song. <sighs> Flirt <Yeah>. game strong, <laughs> locked. Well, we jump back to, I think it's lunch, and Tess and Caitlin get into a food fight with spaghetti noodles that have no sauce on them. Right, they're probably the butter noodles. You know how some people do. Which, is that something a caterer would serve at camp, is butter noodles? To, at a kid's camp, probably. <laughs> kids are weird. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> maybe she, maybe she's, she has no sauce in her diet. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. They very clearly showed sauce in the kitchen. So she has no sauce on, in her diet. That's it's ah, restrictions. Both of them? Free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it works. She's on an all-carb diet. She's trying to lose three pounds. No, 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 because remember, she says more. Well, I know that's a Mean Girls reference, but she says at some point in this, she goes morning carbs are a no-no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was earlier when, yes. when mom's like, there's barely any food on y'all's plate. And she- <laughs> Um, so Mitchie tries to break up the fight to like get between them. And uncle Brown is actually the one that stops the fight mm-hmm. and pulls all three of them in to figure out like what the hell is going on here. And it turns out like uncle Brown ends up punishing Caitlin by giving her kitchen duty. And Caitlin's super pissed at Mitchie for not standing up for her. Yeah, man. She lets her take the heat. And, but then Mitchie's also pissed because she realizes that now, Caitlin's going to be in the kitchen with her where she's been trying to hide and do this Hannah Montana thing. Mm-hmm. So Mitchie is, Mitchie is shit at picking friends. Oh, 100%. So a little bit later, Mitchie is taking a box of food when she runs into Joe Shane. And he asks if she has a second. No, and she wants like to some, run something by her. She's real scared about the, uh, the box because he sees her with, with the box of food to go to the kitchen. And um, that's when I realized I, I see why they picked Miley for this because Damien's terrible at this Hannah Montana shit. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so they go down to the dock and he serenades her with a song. And that song is Gotta Find You. And I think you're supposed to be feeling the feels in this moment. He's like got yeah. straight locked on eyes. He's leaning into her. Yep. Just really feeling things in your heart muscles. Mm-hmm. And despite, once again, being at a dock on a lake, 
you can hear Joe singing back up for himself on this track. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are two voices that you hear when you watch the movie. Uh, still probably one of my favorite songs of the movie, though, despite that. Uh, so, yeah, so he hits this track and he put, he's trying to put some moves on. You can see it. You yep. can see it. He's singing to her soul. Yeah. But then, uh, then Joe's like, hey, so you got to um, get to the kitchen because you got some snacks. But he's like, you got to get to the kitchen. She's like, what? Me? What? Me? Kitchen? Yeah. What, me in the kitchen? What? Me in the kitchen? <laughs> no. I ain't, no. No. And then he's like, because you got them snacks. You need some dip for them chips. Yeah. Girl. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's super shocked because she thought her cover was blown, but she was fine. He was just making a joke. And before she goes, he does tell her that he overheard this girl singing and it reminded him of the sound that he used to love, which is what inspired the song. And he looks at her super longingly to the point where she actually has to ask, why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he's like, you're just so different. And she takes it like not great. So then he's like, good different. Like you met this dude once and then now the second time he's serenading you. And the first time you put some big flirt game on and then this time he wanted to grab you to sing a song to you. You're probably in the driver's seat, sister. Yeah. Well, yeah, but she, she doesn't know how to pick up on social cues of he wants to lay it down. I think she's still just being super self-loathing because her response is like, yeah, very different. As in, I'm not rich. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> she's right. But he doesn't know that. Right. But she doesn't realize that that doesn't matter because she's dumb. Correct. She's not like dumb, dumb, but she's like just kind of dumb. Yeah. Because some of these protagonists in these movies are dumb, 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 dumb. But dumb. she's just like uh, kind of dumb. Well, <laughs> we jump back to the kitchen and she's super high on all those Shane pheromones. And she's telling her mom about how awesome everything is and how great she is and how wonderful life is. And she tells like, cool. her to go put, put some yeah. of these chips in some bowls, sister. <laughs> exactly. Why are you so happy? Take your happy ass and put some chips in these bowls because we got to get these chips out. So she goes in the back and that's when Caitlin comes in for her kitchen duty. And Connie tells Caitlin that her daughter is helping out in the kitchen. And Connie walks away when Mitchie comes out carrying a comically large bag of chips. Puts them in front of her face because that's going to yes. hide her. Correct. She's going to hide like that. And Caitlin tries to engage her in conversation and asks if she needs help. And Mitchie tries to take a run for it, but trips. <laughs> then she has a giant bag of chips blocking her view she stepped in like a dog bowl too i don't know if there's a dog in this no thing. it was a mop bucket she stepped uh, in a mop bucket slid fell bag of chips pops up in the air somehow explodes all in the air and covers her <laughs> i was gonna Those them explode chips yeah well I it's like in her chips. hair she's soaking wet and has chips all in her hair yep yep and caitlin immediately makes the connection that mitchy is lying about her family status and, and- mm-hmm. And then she's like, go ahead and just tell everyone because everyone's going to care. No one's going to really care. Ted's so, going to care. If Mitchie like, had this problem, why didn't she just go stick her face in some more flour? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect camouflage. Yep. So Caitlin asks, how long did you think you could keep this secret? And she's like, longer than this. And she says, like, why did you even do this? And she, Mitchie says she just wanted to fit in. And 
Caitlin tells her that her charade has been stupid and immature <laughs> and all she is is like hiding behind a lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Mitchie comes in back at her pretty hot saying like, well, you, you're hiding behind your I don't care about anything attitude. And mom comes in and breaks up the situation. And Christina, Christina, <laughs> Caitlin, <Honey>? Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin leaves and Mitchie starts to go after her. But her mom stops her and is like, you need to get out of these wet clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's terrible for your singing voice. Which I still think is really dumb because if someone was about to walk out and expose you for who you are, you'd think you'd be like, Mom, I can change clothes in a hot second. Let me just fix this real quick. But I don't but, think she thought Caitlyn was going to go expose her. I guess not. But yeah, I don't she just think... thought they got into a fight. Because yeah. Caitlyn is not that type. And she already knows that from like the couple interactions that she had with her. I guess, but Caitlyn does keep threatening to do it right like we know who she is as a person isn't a bad person but she still keeps making threats that she is going to tell even in the moment she's like maybe i will tell everyone but like you've talked about earlier in the podcast caitlin is trying to show mitchy that she's a better person than what she's showing i guess true but next we got up the pajama jam right um well before that tess is reading a magazine and the magazine told her that she is Shane's type. That's right. And she estimates that it's just a matter of time. And Caitlin walks by with a snide remark about how she's neither warm, funny, or talented. Mm-hmm. And Mitchie comes up from the taco bar to the taco bar. And Tess is questioning again. Change. Yeah. Yep. Where have you been? Like you're, you're always a wall. And she evades the question again. Um, and they even bring up visiting her in China after camp. And Caitlin walks by and like chomps a chip right in Mitchie's general direction as a to be like, I heard that. Don't think I didn't hear that. Yep. I'm watching you. Watching you. I'm on to you. Eyes on you, Mitchie. (laughs) Tess tells the girls exactly what to wear for pajama jam tonight based on Shane's favorite color. Green top. Wear that. Hoodies. Yeah, hoodies. So Shane's favorite color. We get to the pajama jam and Mitchie walks in and tries to talk to Caitlin, but Caitlin blows her off. And she ends up joining the other lemmings. And when Tess walks in and they're like, Tess, what happened to your white shorts and green top? And she says, oh, that's for backup dancers, baby. I'm the star. Yeah, she does like straight up. And the other girls are pissed, specifically Peggy. Peggy's had enough of her shit. Yeah. Well, Caitlin is the one that opens the pajama jam and she plays techno music on a keyboard with some hand dancing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Mitchie is stating at the moment how good she is and one of the girls points out how much Shane is digging Caitlin as well which means Tess has to ruin it right so Tess screams that there's a snake which brings Caitlin's performance to a stop once everyone starts screaming Mm -hmm. and the music director points out that it's just a chord and Tess's response was oh my bad terrible Shane sees this, shakes his head, and just leaves. Right. And Mitchie's giving some major stink eye to Tess, but Caitlin comes in hot just screaming at her, saying, like, she can't stand that people, like, might like what other people do. And Tess responds with a hand signal that is whatever major loser. (laughs) Yeah. So three up, three to the side, three down, L. Right. She does that, and then... 
they're like, what is that? And then what Ella is like, what's ever major loser? Which I had never seen before. Never seen in my life. Never. And which future wife's like, no, that's a thing. It's like from Clueless or something. I'm like, what? Well, never seen it before. After that she happened, was familiar. Mitchie, Mitchie starts to begin her face turn and she backs up Caitlin into like, hey, your trash test for that. <laughs> I'm glad it was that hand signal. That was all that she needed. That was so last year and everyone knows it. And then she goes, well, maybe not everyone. And the whole, like, somebody even yells burn from the background. (laughs) So everyone starts laughing at her. So Tess leaves. Mm -hmm. The next day, Mitchie and Caitlin are help setting up for whatever the next theme night is. And Mitchie's asking her about her plans for final jam. And Caitlin's straight up just like, why are we talking? Why are we talking? We're not. I mean, we could be. We're not friends, though. And then she's like, but we could be friends, though. And she's like, all right, we could okay, be we friends, could be friends. <laughs> We could be friends, though. Yeah, I, I was like, I didn't realize it was this easy to make up after a fight. Well, because, like, Caitlin's been trying to be her friend since day one. Well, that's because Caitlin's a nice person. Right. And then she's like, but, tre- but Tess is trash, though. And then Mitchie's like, Tess is trash, though. Yeah. Yep. And that was kind of the end of that. So, well, Caitlin explains that she used to be friends with Tess, and unfortunately, there can only be one star with Tess, which is why her friendships end. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin points out that being friends with Tess has its perks, but you have to give up your independence in order to get those perks. Yep. So, back with Shane, he is starting to sing a new song, but we haven't heard it yet, but we will. And he calls his bros, and Nick and Kevin proceed to have an argument over the phone about Shane creating a birdhouse. It's real dumb. It's not necessary. I didn't even write it down. Um, Basically, he's just... Shane is doubling down on the I like the idea of recording with whoever wins. I'm not backing out. They Mm -hmm. super question, like, man, are you okay? Which is just showing that he's changing as a person. Mm -hmm. But he's like, what's to find that girl with the voice? Yeah. Right, so he hangs up the phone, and that's when he tells us, like, I gotta find that girl with the voice. And then thus begins the worst game of telephone I've ever seen in my life. Right? It starts with his drummer friend. Who I thought and... was a mute. I thought he was a mute, so I don't know why he's telling the drummer kid to spread the message when the drummer kid can't talk. <laughs> he's not a mute, Lindsay. You're wondering. I you am wondering. Like you can tell by my face, no. can't you? Yeah. Yeah. I was no, like, the, the reason I know he... So he, he actually like five sentences in the whole movie. So and four of those sentences were the interaction at the dance class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ooh. when you say sentences, they're like one word answer sentences. Yeah. So he does speak, but I had silent drummer because I thought he didn't speak at first. Okay. But this begins the first, the worst game of telephone because he tells him, "Hey, I'm looking for the girl with the voice." Literally, that's the thing I'm looking for is the girl with the voice. So what she look like? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, so so, so what song she sing? Uh, it's this song I can't get out of my head, and he's saying it, and she's like, "Okay, I don't know, I haven't heard that song." Um, do you, is it, is, what's she sound like? What's that? What's that? What's that song from? I don't know. I never heard it. Okay, okay. So what's she look like? I don't know, man. She got a voice. Uh, okay, okay. I'm gonna go tell, go tell next person. Hey, Shane. Shane is looking for the girl with the voice. Pass it on. Hey, Shane is looking for the girl with the voice. Pass it on. So they do that the whole time, and then all of a sudden. Girls are just singing to Shane as he walks down the street. Which sounds fantastic, but in actuality, awful. 
Yeah, at random like, times. Yeah, yeah. Because he didn't specify. He said, I'm looking for the girl with the voice. Yeah, and I'll know it when I hear it. So they're all singing to him. And I do want to point out that this whole scene takes place to the song Start the Party, which is the Jordan Francis song. And the women, as they're singing, are all singing Start the Party. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all singing the same song. I thought that was the the song that he wanted to hear people sing. No, it's completely irrelevant song. (laughs) And so there's, I thought that was one of his songs, one of the, one of the Connect Three songs. It, nope. Nope. (laughs) But they sing that and then he's like, nope, nope. And then it was funny because as Caitlin and uh, Mitchie are walking by, they're like, hey, you, you want to go sing for him? And she's like, nah, he ain't never heard me sing. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But just little does she know, she's the one. Yep. So Mitchie comes out to Shane as he's writing a new song by the lake and they decide to take a canoe out and hold on. So they go and take the canoe. And again, I write, where are the adults? Like these kids should have to check out the canoe. They need to make sure they have life jackets. He's an instructor. He's an instructor, man. But he's still a minor. No, man, he's an instructor. This is Camp Rock. Why he keeps asking about adult supervision? So if he's an instructor, there's three, there's four adults on campus. It's Connie, it's Brown, it's the chick, the the chick camp director. Yep, that's up there, and then there was like one other person working in the kitchen. That's it. Those <laughs> are all the adults. So you just let these kids run amok. They're rich, man. Yes. Oh, to be a rich kid. <laughs> yes, they're rich. Well, out on this canoe, she's asking if he's found his special girl yet, and he asks if she's jealous. She calls him a jerk, and then he says being a jerk is part of being a rock star. So you're, so let me get this straight. Shane, pop star, is having a date with Mickey. Mitchie. Mitchie, daughter of cook and hardware store person. Yeah. And though he thinks she's the daughter of a mogul, she's just being herself, and that's flying? So what do you know? So here's the thing. He thinks that he's with the daughter of a mogul at this point, but she's never articulated to him that she's the daughter of the mogul. And if he's not talking to anyone else in the camp, how did he come across this information? Well, it's spread around camp. But the thing is, he, she's being herself. She's being pretty authentic. Why can't she just own this, this authenticity the rest of the time? Because she, her lies are going to catch up to her. It's the layer of the money that matters. It's not her personality that she's scared of. It's the, I don't have money and therefore I don't matter. I guess. But there, yes, they're in a the canoe. Yes. So uh, he's talking about the rock star image and how being a jerk is a part of it. And she makes a comment that keeping up an image can be tiring, which I'm sure she's learning from experience. And he makes a comment that the jerk attitude keeps the posers away. And he starts talking about how, like, he never knows if anyone's hanging out for him for, like, the status or the free stuff. And he thinks she can relate because of her mom having that job at Hot Tunes China, as if people would care if your mom worked at Hot Tunes China. (laughs) Um, Tess sees all of this happening from the shore. So from and this moment on, Tess is just a creep. She's just everywhere, all yep. the time. She's, and she, well, she gets super jealous too. And you can see it on her face that she's going to get revenge because she's, 
she's got the hots for Shane. But like, here's the other thing is we now know that Mitchie and Tess are feuding. So why has Mitchie not moved out of the bunk? Right? That's a good point. I wondered the same damn thing, but... Uh, you have a room with your mom. Let's yeah, go back there. Yeah, you had a bed. You could have left at any time. If this girl does not like you, it is very clear that she no longer likes you and you're of no use to her. Why are you still sleeping where she could smother you with a pillow? <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. So five seconds later, Mitchie and Caitlin are leaving after their dinner cho- or their kitchen chores, and Tess catches this happening. Mitchie says goodbye to her mom and specifically says i love you mom yeah so now she really knows right yeah Yeah. pretty point blank so at beach jam yep yep new new jam the new jam which so there's all these jams but none of these are actually jam sessions like a jam session you just kind of like freelance and play there everything is orchestrated here yep correct not a jam um so they bring up Shane to sing one of his new songs, and he brings out Nick and Kevin. Oh, I, am I got super Connect Three here. Excited. Connect Three. You know, know, know what though? The uh, the pop that they got was very low. They were they should have been more excited to see Connect Three. Uh, well, these are all yeah. rich kids, so but whatever. They're like, oh, oh, he brought his friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you guys. You know what I thought was even funnier than that was the fact that the rest of the band was on a separate side stage. So they Connect 3 got main the stage. main stage. They can't be on this main stage just for the three of us. Connect 3, Kevin, yeah. Nick. So they were on the social distancing Georgia. stage off to the side. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the song is Play My Music. It's probably one of the more iconic songs from the movie because it is the only Jonas Brothers song on the soundtrack. Okay. Yep. It is such a relief, in my opinion, to finally have the Jonas Brothers up on stage singing. I've been waiting the whole damn movie to see this, and now <laughs> I finally get it. I, no joke, stopped, played this scene probably three or four times over. Just I just, I just wrote this another song I've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I hear it on a regular basis because Wednesday for me is Jonas Brothers Day. So I wake up to the Jonas Brothers and they play in my house all day long. So do you you also wear pink on Wednesdays? Not yet. (laughs) After this, though. (laughs) After this. After this, moving forward. So after Um, performing, though, Shane gives Mitchie like a look and like a little bit of a wink. And I wrote Regina George saw that. And saw that and did not like it. He's making eye contact like the whole performance and it makes her blush and shit, it made me blush. Well, so, listen, I don't know that he should be doing this because he is a camp counselor and she he is a position of authority and she is a camp student. No, but like, Why are you getting you, back with this wait, adult bullshit? Hold on. So <laughs> you, you both say that, but like Caitlin was giving him the eyes the entire time he was performing. Caitlin? Caitlin was giving him the eyes. I didn't see And that. Mitchie was just enjoying. Go back and watch it. She was trying. I didn't feel like she was trying to get in there. I thought I so. Like... She leaned provocatively at one point, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, she she was in man stealing mode. Yeah. Maybe I mean, she was looking at Nick. Maybe she was looking at Nick. She leans mm. back a little bit so you get a little better shot of her chest. That's intentional. I think maybe that was for Nick or Kevin, you know? Because 
Shane's been there the whole time, and she has not put any kind of flirt situation on. Well, because she hasn't talked to him yet. She hadn't talked to him in that moment. He's performing. Yeah, because when the guitar in his hand, he becomes sex god. Uh, she's in a class with him. He's her, he's her instructor. And with no guitar. <laughs> <laughs> now all of a sudden, he's transformed? Yeah. Wait, he does not have he a guitar. He doesn't have a guitar. He doesn't have a guitar. <laughs> oh, my bad. Microphone stand. <laughs> yeah, the yes. microphone stand in the, in the hip-hop class. I thought he just had the microphone. Oh, the microphone, yeah. So that's the stand itself. It's the stand itself. And he doesn't even have a stand most of the time. He dances around and he just carries the microphone. He who wields the microphone stand inherits the no. power of sex Nick, god. I think I think you're right. I think it was her him it was a, it was the guitar. And I think it was Nick. I think it's she was Nick. trying to get by to Nick. It's Nick. Which makes I'm sense. for that. She yeah. she saw what, you know, the rest of the young teeny boppers didn't quite see yet. Yeah, yeah, because she sees Shane multiple times throughout the camp and gives no kind of looks right so all of a sudden when he's on stage he's gonna change things yeah nah, but this is the first time she's seen nick and kevin and yep. she wants to make sure she is especially she knows that her girl mickey is Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> she knows that her girl mickey is putting in them them their work with shay sherry knows that like they're they're like best friends now so she knows mitchy and shane have been hanging out right so she's not gonna try to steal this but she's like i heard though that he got a brother or bandmate i'm not really sure in this movie because they they met at this camp apparently, even though they have the same last name. <laughs> was that like a a parent trap situation where the brothers met each other because the parents were at a separate place? Parent trap three, Jonas Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> camp Rock three, Jonas Brothers. Uh-huh. The Jonas the Trap. Prequel. <laughs> the prequel. Jonas Trap. The prequel. Yes. So after the song, the crowd goes wild. The band runs off stage, and Nick tells Shane that he was right. And the crowd loved the song, and the ra- label's going to have to let them release it. Yep, bigger guns. We'll see you back at Final Jam. <laughs> he said, yeah, like, let's get in the studio tonight and get that demo to the label tomorrow. And he's like, I'm not done here. I have no to stay. Do, bro. I got my girlfriend here. I'll see right? you later. No problem, so, man. Bigger guns. We'll see you at Final Jam. <laughs> so Shane makes his way back into the crowd, and Test waits until he's with an earshot to ask Mitchie to tell everyone about her mom again. And just so happens, Connie is right behind her. Yup. Did you notice that, Lindsay? No. She was in the I background. Was... Connie is literally right behind Tess when she, like, asks. Yeah. And then that's why, like, she's, like, a little flustered because she's looking right at her mom over Tess's oh, shoulder. Oh, shit. No, I did not and notice that. She did not want to disavow her mom to her mom's face. Yeah. That's well, really what it was. She and tries to exactly get away. She just keeps saying she's really awesome. She's really and awesome. So that's, and that's why she freezes. She's like, isn't she the president of the thing and thing? And then she's like, uh, and then that's when Connie turns and walks away because she like looks at her face yeah. and realizes that she's been lying. Yep. And she leaves, which is why in a couple in a scene in a minute when they're talking, mom gives Mitch Mitchie some some shade. It's because she was standing right there. Yeah. When she, yeah. when she, and then that's why. Yeah. In the next scene, the mom throws shade and then immediately goes back into nice mom mode yeah, yeah but that's why she gives her a little little bit of shade is because she was standing right there when she did it yep well i did not notice that i did notice that after that immediate argument diffuses she immediately turns around and is like face to face with shane like how did Shane's she even know liar, he was there bro. i knew you're using me too yeah bro which <laughs> they have a very public lover's quarrel, and it is so awkward. Yeah. But, like, I don't understand how he took away that 
she was using him when she never asked anything of him. She was just enjoying his company. I know. I know. He's the one that got everything out of the relationship. (laughs) Yeah. Compliments for days. Well, then it's funny that Kayla's like, see, she's a liar. Behind the cabin. Well, Tess Tess is like, she's a liar. And Kaylin's like, but you're a bitch. And she's like, I'm cool being a bitch because yep. I'm not a liar. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so when she's fighting with Shane, it's like super emotional. You could tell that they're like almost both crying. And it's, it's, a real, it's, it's in a front of fight. everyone. Yeah. And then she's about to cry. And Caitlin's like, not here. Yeah. So Let's get you out of here. He Caitlin is basic- a number one road dog. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, she tries to explain, but he's like, you know what? Save it for the magazine interviews, which is quite a leap. <laughs> Cause um, you know, the paparazzi is there at camp rock detailing. No, she, gets off, she gets out of here. She's going to say my summer with Shane, whatever his last name, Gray, Shane, Joe, Shane, Jonas. Gray, the original, Joe Shane Gray, Jonas, the original 50 shades of gray. <laughs> so, um, the next day, Uncle Brown is talking to Shane about what happened with the public fight, and he, like, rubs it in. He's like, you look like you got just crushed emotionally. Like, your heart was broken in front of everyone. And Shane tells him he's just going to focus on his music. He doesn't need a girl. Tess is lurking, though. Yeah. Well, the uncle asks if he's still looking for the girl with the voice, and that's when Shane says, like, that song is still stuck in my head. And that's when he starts singing the verse from This Is Me. And then she goes, hmm, I've heard that song before. Right. Chekhov's song. So, like, is this song not only an earworm for him, but an earworm for her? Because she's only heard it one time. This is it. This is me. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Does she, like, hear that song in her sleep, too? Yeah. I hear it in my sleep. It's right there. Well, the song you I watched it yesterday. I watched it this morning. Thank you oh, very much. Oh, my bad. This is how many? How did you fall asleep me? already? This is not supposed to be. Let the light shine on me. So that's where he cuts out, and Tess runs back to the cabin and Jack's Mitchie's songbook, and she finds the song in the book, and. She awkwardly talks to her charm bracelet like it's a walkie-talkie or something and says, Mitchie, you're not going to see the final jam. See, I thought that was her Disney villain sidekick, the charm bracelet. Like, Jafar has Iago. <laughs> I'm not going to see the final jam. Yeah. That's exactly Iago. what I took from that. Iago's charm bracelet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think the reason I did not understand why she was talking to the charm bracelet was because I thought this plot was going to be very different yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like okay she's taking the songbook yep it's we supposed to this. be like, in my in my head this has been going as a cinderella story right so he's like yeah. going around and he's trying to put put the slipper on all these girls feet and i'm expecting mitchie to still not be found while tess, tess sings her song this is it this is me you're like oh wait a minute that's not how it sounded the voice but that's the words but that's not the voice Yep. But... And then that's when and that's when Mitchie goes, That's my song. This is it. This is and you're like, Oh my god, that is her. She's the girl with the voice. Because remember but... you're looking for the girl with the voice. Yeah, but yeah. that's what she looked like happened. though. Right. Yeah, well, and the next thing we see is that they're accusing Connie <laughs> Connie Connie's in the kitchen. 
Right? Uh, well, before that, so they have another hip hop dance class. And oh yeah, and then everybody Mitchie, is just shading Mitchie. Right. So she hides in the corner, and uh, Shane comes in to give some the class some advice, and he says like, "Final Jam isn't all about image. It's not. It's about letting people see who you really are, and your music has to be who you really are." And although he's giving this advice to the class, he's staring straight at her. While she's huddled you, in Mitchie. the corner, crying, basically. Talking to you, Mitchie. Inspiring you. Get and, up. No, but it's funny because, like, all the rest of the kids are like, okay, okay. You see him staring daggers. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad for her because I feel, I feel like she's so small. I feel her being small in this, in this picture. And him towering over her. Yeah. yeah. And she's set back enough in the the crowd that you can straight up see that he's looking over everybody else and straight at her. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. super uncomfortable <laughs> for her, mostly. But also you. Yeah. So uh, we already talked about this, but she takes the the walk with her mom. And basically, her mom's like, I see who you are. You're great. You're talented. He said, you should have been yourself, Mia. Yep. Yeah. It's the same thing she told Alex Russo. You should have been yourself, Mia. <laughs> so we jump to one of the meals, and Mitchie asks if she can sit with uh, basically our, our other cool with the crowd. With the she should have sat with from the beginning. Right. Yeah, B-Bot. Caitlin and... And, and Lola. the girl that's saying Lola the same one time in the movie. And Jordan. And dancer kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they, they think it over and they let her sit because they're decent human beings. She's like, I'm slumming it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Jokes. So Tess comes over and dr- complains to Mitchie about how dry the chicken was. So she, she says stands up shit. and yep. straight up stands up for her mom for the most part, but tells Tess to stop treating people like dirt. Yep. Yep. She, and she comes at her and that's when she completes her face turn. And she becomes a good guy. Yeah, and then the crowd starts cheering her name. Yeah. Right. Mitchie, 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 Mitchie. Uh, and Tess formally kicks her out of the group. Yeah. I, he was already but out. not out of the cabin. I think she's yes. out of the cabin by now. No, she's still there. She we, never moved out of the cabin. And I have problems with this. We didn't see her move this. out of the cabin. I just assume at this point after her book got stolen that she didn't notice that she moved out of the cabin. <laughs> So Caitlin says, don't worry about it. They'll make their own group. And this is when we get a montage of the entire camp prepping for Final Jam with the mm-hmm. countdown. Um, so the countdown started at, what, six days, right? Five days, I believe. So you know what's funny about all this is when they do the montage, it shows Mitchie's mom crossing off days on the calendar. The calendar shows that Camp Rock is three weeks. Yeah. Like what? the entire camp is three weeks. Yeah. I think that's hilarious because they're trying to make it seem like it's a whole summer. I thought it was a whole summer. I did not catch oh, that I it was only it was three like, weeks. I thought at first, when I first started watching the movie, I thought it was a weekend. <laughs> so it, it shows the calendar and she's crossing off the calendar and you could see the theme days on the calendar. So the day that she crosses off, which is like two or three days before um, Final Jam, mm-hmm. you see that a week ago was Pajama Jam. Mm. And you see that Two weeks before was like the opening jam or whatever. So, three, so three it was a nice three-week camp. Yeah, all of, most of July, you know. That's a lot all of theme summer. nights to put together in that short right? amount of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, we're in the kitchen, and Tess comes in saying, claiming 
that they stole her charm bracelet, which we find out she hid in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And Uncle Brown removes, finds it, removes them from the final jam. And he removes them from all activities till the end of final jam. Correct. And he said it like that. And he like looked them in the eyes and said, the end of final jam. Right. This goes back to you saying that Disney protagonists, some of them are real dumb. And then, but he's like, once again, the end of final jam. Oh, I can't believe that we can't perform. We can't do anything now. It's the just just to the end of final jam. This is so unfair. He ruined hey, our entire summer. Hey, 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 hey. It's the end of final jam. That's why, it. Why don't we just That's go it. home right now? Because <laughs> there's nothing else we could do. Listen, listen. You're banned from all activities until the end of Final Jam. Well, maybe next year if we keep working, <laughs> we could do this song. Well, that's pretty accurate because they do not get it at first. So we continue and Nick and Kevin are back and they have brought the press to cover the entire night. Wait, my favorite part though is that he says the end of Final Jam real fast. And I have in my notes, I have your, uh, he says the end of Final Jam so succinctly that obviously they're going to perform right after the end of final chapter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mitchie is having her little meltdown over getting banned, right? So she To the end of final jam. Correct. Well, she realizes that she blew her entire summer getting sucked into entire summer. Yep. Because she got sucked into test drama. And as yep. she's going over the events of everything that happens, she realizes what he was trying to say. Yep. The end. The end of, of Final, Final Jam. Jam. So. Yeah. Because we get to the big point, event. She thought about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So backstage, Tess is practicing and she trips over her own feet and starts yep. yelling at her backup singers. Ella and Peggy. And Peggy's like, you know what? You know what? It's over. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Peggy dips. And then yep. Ella gets this back feeling that she hadn't shown at all throughout the movie. And then she also dips. Yep. Yep. Well, would have been well, because she after that, after Peggy leaves, she turns on just Ella and starts yelling at her. And she's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck up? I'm not gonna be the only one that takes heat. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. out. And she quickly finds another group because our first up is our two dancers, and the song mm-hmm. is Hasta la Vista. And she is one of the singers in that number. I don't know how they performed. Yeah. practice for that. She, she didn't practice. There was no rehearsal. How did she learn the choreography? They were on trampolines. <laughs> like there were some complicated numbers. They were out in the crowd. How she? Dealt with them when, when you know how the reason that um, Tess is so good at asking where uh, Mitchie was is because. She's used to asking Ella where she's been to. Yeah, she's so, been like, moonlighting. No, like the plastics always stick together. I don't understand how she had time to learn all this. <laughs> well, she did. Okay. Yep. She did. Uh, mm. Overall, mm. the number is pretty great. The trampolines add. Th- so they're like four of those like small trampoline that you used to see in the 80s. And I don't really see anymore. Uh, that- but the dancers are like bouncing back and forth on them and. It's it's one of the more authentic numbers, in my opinion. It, it was my favorite performance of the movie. Not my favorite song, favorite performance. Yeah. I um 
Fast forward through it. It was like whatever for me. What? Wow. So I guess. Uh, wow. So next up, it's the It Girls or the Plastics, as CJ's calling them. Mm-hmm. And but it's really only Tess left. But so at this point, TJ Tyler sneaks into the building. Correct. Which is Tess's mom, in case you've forgotten. Yeah, pop star TJ Tyler. Um. She does this number with backup dancers and a bunch of mirrors. Yep. The number is two stars. Uh, it's not great again. Her mom Unmemorable. takes a call in the middle of her performance, which mm-hmm. makes her lose her place, stumbles, and then for some reason the music starts skipping. Yep. Because they're all tied together, I guess. <laughs> so her mom looks up just to see her basically fail at this point. She sneaks off yeah. embarrassed. So yeah. at this point, I thought she was going to come out and say, this is it. This is me. I am exactly so, who I'm supposed to be. I'm- now, so I'm watching and this happens and future wife, who's kind of paying attention, comes off the top rope with the, her thinking is, this never happened to Hannah Montana. <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> I thought this was when she was going to lock into that song that we saw her learn earlier, but she yeah. did not. You'd think, because that would have been the more interesting plot. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she just runs off stage crying, and that's the end of that number. So yeah. we find out we have a last-minute entry, Margaret Dupree, and everyone's like, who is Margaret Dupree? Who? 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 It's, it's Peggy! <laughs> so she sings Here I Am, which... It flashes back during her performance. To oh, you know what I love here. <laughs> At this point, we have a montage. <laughs> yeah, so CJ, that if you haven't heard our previous podcast, your boy loves a montage in these Disney movies because almost every one of them has them. It I mean, this is the second montage of no, the no, movie. No, 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 no. This is a flashback. flashback. No, 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 no. Yeah, the earlier montages when you're like getting ready for a training, I'm cool with those. But every Disney oh, you movie, want a flashback it montage. gives you a flashback montage like you haven't been sitting there watching it for the last hour and a half and seen I, all these things. I may have written that down. And Why do are they showing in, me this again? They do this in all the movies. They did this in Zombies. They do this here. I they love Zombies. It, did they all do this, Now I got to go watch oh, Zombies Oh, they definitely again. did it in Zombies. They did it in Descendants. All of them do it as if you have not been watching this movie this whole time. And this one gives you one. And Lindsay, I don't know if you know this. It was a three-scene montage. Three, <laughs> three scenes. But they're showed... only the scenes where Tess is yelling yeah. at her. Yes. So there's three scenes. Because that was her entire summer. It's all the time Peggy was there. And she yeah. was like, this is her yelling. This is her, Tess yelling at me in the room when we started the thing in the cabin. This is Tess yelling at me to get off the bed. And this is Tess yelling at me earlier, literally seven minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Yes, a three-scene montage. So, I mean, realistically, this was only like four minutes ago for you because you fast-forwarded through Hasta La Vista. Yeah, but it's seven minutes in like real time. (laughs) (laughs) What is is this? So, yeah, three-scene montage from seven, from three-scene montage from seven minutes ago. Also, while watching her sit up there play the guitar, very evident she has no idea how to play a guitar. Correct. I I noticed that, and I also noticed that her lip sync was also off. All the lip syncing was horrible in this movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Awful. Well, the crowd loves her. Yep, goes crazy. And she is almost starting to cry when she's up on stage because she's finally getting the spotlight. 
When she comes off stage, Tess is waiting for her, and that's when Tess tells her that she's sorry and that she was really good, and when you're really good, someone should tell you. All of a sudden, Tess is a good guy. Yeah. So Literally all of a sudden. Yeah, because you know her. she got embarrassed because in front of her mom. Because eight minutes ago, she was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Eight minutes ago. Well, Uncle Brown says it's officially the end of the Final Jam. The end of jam. Final Jam. And, and then he's judges like go off staring the at them. Yeah. Well, he's staring at Mitchie. He's like, it's the end of... No, they're in the back. He's like, it's the end of Final Jam. If for anyone that needs to hear that, <coughs> it's the end of Final Jam. <coughs> so, end of Final Jam. Uncle and then Brown, Mitchie looks at, at Caitlin and says, it's our time. Yeah. So Uncle Brown goes backstage and they're like, it's the end of Final Jam. Like... I, I think we got your hint. And he's like, I'm so glad that you Good, caught on. <laughs> so the judges are off judging, so they're they're not like watching anymore. And Mitchie goes on solo and she starts singing, This is me. Well solo ish because she's over uh we have Caitlin in the corner playing piano. Okay. Well, the whole band was actually playing. Ah, I saw her over there producing. So she started yeah, she was producing. She started it, but in the song, the whole band is playing, which I questioned how they knew the arrangement. But then I was reminded that she got banned three days before Final Jam. So she would have already been in been working on this thing. Yeah, they would have yeah. been working on it. So they would have known it enough to play it. Is it at yeah. the end of Final Jam? We're going to go on. Yeah. Well, right. Shane hears cool. the song from the back of the auditorium. And is like, that's the song. And then that's when Kevin adds then that must be the girl. <laughs> and Nick's like, come on, man. Duh, duh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and Shane goes, you're right. It is the girl. <laughs> so he grabs a mic and he runs up to the stage and he starts singing Gotta Find You, which matches with her This Is Me song. And then they are now singing a duet, holding hands, staring into each other's eyes. So I thought for sure Lindsay was going to have to lose one on this. Because I thought for sure they were going to kiss. They don't kiss in Disney Channel original So movies. that's the thing we've been talking about. That has happened like four times. Yeah. And we, we keep a running count. And I thought this was going to be another one. Because nope. they're like literally staring lovingly into each other's eyes. They're like leaning in. I thought for sure they were going to kiss. Alas, they do not. No, I mean, they got to keep that TVY rating. So no kissing. I mean, they, they kiss in other movies. Yeah, I don't think those are rated TV. Do they kiss in the sequel? Uh, I don't remember because I don't remember the plot at all. All I remember is Nick has more. They usually kiss in sequels, I've noticed. They kiss in sequels, but they don't kiss in in the original. They kiss in in High School Musical 2. They kissed in in the sequel to the other movie that we watched. um... Can we time out? Yeah. This dog's going crazy. Hi, Stetson. This dog's going crazy. Do you have the time marker for that? <laughs> 150. Are you doing a top five today? Mm-hmm. We will have extra cake if you guys would like to come and try it after top five. For sure. I might have to have you stick around for a little, little bit when I leave. Let them in. Cause I gotta, go, we gotta go, um, get Allison's car. Where's her car? Dealership. Ah, I'm saying, cause Jackie left her car here. Oh, so where is Allison's going. car? 
but I sorry. You're sorry. good. Okay, so um, where was I? Kissing. We were talking about kissing. Yeah. So okay, I'm gonna pick it up. Yeah. So they usually kiss in sequels like High School Musical two and then Descendants two. There's kissing in that one. So maybe in the sequel of this movie there might be some kissing, but I thought for sure, for sure, Linz, I thought that you were going to have to lose on this one. No. But no kissing. No kisses. Because this is one of the earlier ones. Descendants 2 is so new. That's true, comparatively. Mm-hmm. And I still don't believe you but about the High School Musical 2. I'm pretty sure they, they do don't kiss. Until- That's, they kiss under the fireworks on the golf course at the end of the movie. There you go. Or did you just put it into your head <laughs> they kissed. that they kissed? When we watch the movie, we'll be able to review it. But I think they kissed in High School Musical too. They okay. do. And that's why the third one is in theaters. Because <laughs> <laughs> then she got pregnant and all the things <laughs> happened. No, but uh, okay. So right here, they go out there looking into each other's eyes lovingly. He hits his song, a part of her song. Everything's good to go. And uh, that was it. Well, yeah, but they have to announce the winner of Final Jam. It cannot is... be it cannot be Mitchie because she performed after the end of Final Jam. Correct. She was disqualified. Wait, wait what? It was at the end <laughs> of Final Jam? They didn't go home? No, 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 no. I like an encore. They were allowed to perform? Yeah. They weren't allowed to. They did it because they, they couldn't do it during the activities. Wait till the end of Final Jam. All right, go ahead, Lindsay. Uh, Margaret Dupree is the winner of Final Jam. Peggy, big winner. So now that she's no longer background, she had to like adopt a better stage name, and that's why she became Margaret. Yep. So uh, they remind us once again that this means she gets to record with Shane Gray. Mm -hmm. And then. Backstage, Tess tells Caitlin and Mitchie that they were great and that she told Brown that she actually didn't steal, that they didn't steal the bracelet. Correct. Right, because she finally came came with it and just told the truth about what had been going on because she's done a complete good guy turn all of a sudden. And she's not this bad guy that she's been this whole time. Like, the, literally the whole movie. So, like, here's the thing. Everywhere that Tess goes, trouble follows. Why does he believe her with the stealing of the bracelet? Because uh, I think she like she got money. We talked about this earlier. She's got money, so you got to just like go with it. So like, is the cafeteria named after her? Did the family donate that money? Like, what makes her worth the trouble? Uh, her mom is TJ Tyler. Okay. Yeah, you don't that's want it. the bad press, basically. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So you you get him in trouble. You and you give that wink and a nod the whole time about the end of Final Jam. <laughs> and, like and that's it like you just know they just know so yeah. shane comes up to mitchy backstage and tells her that his search is over and asks to go on a canoe ride later i was also very confused by this because camp ended like all the parents are there to watch vinyl jam Who's sticking around to do a canoe ride? Isn't everybody going home after this? Well, Connie's got to drive her home in the in the thing, so might as well stick around. Steve showed up, yeah, but they got to just stick around and they go on this canoe ride and then get each other's digits and see what happens after this. Maybe it's a late night canoe ride. Ooh, under the stars. Yep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so 
apparently after the final jam, there is a final jam jam. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. I turned it off after this. You yeah, are kidding the jam me. jam after the jam. No, I'm so sure I turned it off after the this. the entire cast does We Rock. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, no, I saw this. I saw this. I was uh, like, oh, so you missed flips. the post-credit scene too? Yeah, I missed the post-credit scene, but I, I I watched this part where they like jam jam and everybody there and the Jonas Brothers are using guitars and stuff. I saw um, A lot of Shane's hip-hop choreography, which was trash. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. It ends with the whole cast pointing at the Camp Rock sign. But Shane and Mitchie are staring at each other like completely out of breath. And that's the end of our movie. So mm-hmm. did you see one of the dancers in the back that was like wearing a lifeguard outfit with cowboy boots? No. I couldn't take my eyes off it. <laughs> I had not see it. It was like red shorts, red sweater, white shirt, cowboy boots. And like the third row dancing behind Joe Shane. I, all I did was watch... Um, I just watched them look at each other's eyes lovingly and I was like they're going to kiss here then they didn't kiss there no they don't kiss in Disney Channel movies they do sometimes man okay there's like a hundred right and and we're going through them because I'm trying to find all the ones to prove Lindsay wrong and you have what five one so far two so far I think there's only two that they've kissed in so far the only one I can think of is High School Musical 2 no they kissed in Descendants and then there was another I think Descendants 2 and 3 they kiss oh well I mean I gotta watch those in life to eat them obviously obviously so then there's a post-credit scene. Don't all Disney movies have them? No. Oh, well, no, this one didn't either. I thought this one did. <laughs> I thought you like watch to the end. Because I saw on the internet, when I looked this up, it said that in an extended ending of the film, a few months later, Caitlin shows Mitchie, Tess, Peggy, and Ella the recording studio that she built in her garage, and they perform Our Time is Here. Really? Uh, it's not part of the movie. That's not part of the Disney Plus Disney one. Plus. Ah, okay. I wasn't sure. But it is probably on the Blu-ray because the Wikipedia page has the Blu-ray cover and it says that there's an included bonus scene. Ah, so that might be on the... There's extra scenes on Disney Plus too that we just didn't watch. Oh, that's too much work. I'm not clicking extras. I'm I'm not usually clicking extras. So, (laughs) CJ, what did you think of the movie? I saw this movie back in 2008 with Lindsay and I was like, ah, it's fine. Like, it's nothing to write home about, but sure, whatever. You're trying to piggyback off Camp Rock. Watched it yesterday. This movie's trash. Like, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I thought there was some plot points that were dropped for no reason. Like Chekhov's songbook? Chekhov's songbook. There's a songbook that's used multiple times. Why do we not use it? Um, I felt like the end of the end of final jam was a little heavy-handed, but I, I think it was needed. Um, the face and he, the face turns. The good guy to bad guy turns. Bad guy to good guy turns are too fast. So, like... There's no build. No, I. it's like... I was watching this before I made the Mean Girls connection. I was like, Tessa Sharpay. Oh, no, I never thought High School Musical. I always thought Mean Girls. The moment that I saw uh, Gretchen Wieners, uh-huh. I was like, oh, this is Mean Girls. Yeah, no, so I came in with, with High School Musical on the brain because I knew this was the next musical after that. So I'm like, is Tess worse than Sharpay? And she is. Yeah, because she's an actual bad guy. Because she's Regina guy. George. Yeah. Sharpay's not a bad guy. So if Tess, like, Tess got hit by a bus moment was when the mom was watching the performance and took the phone call. Yeah, and so that, that was the, I guess, the redemption. It's just a quick arc. Like, it just changes. Yeah, I don't understand how she, like, flips so quickly. 
Is it like, oh, my mom doesn't care about me. I should probably be nice to other people because I'm going to need friends in my lifetime because my mother doesn't care yeah, about me. It doesn't me. make any sense. Lindsay, what do you think? So I don't feel that this movie held up. I, You know, I'm big about the music and watching it back. At the time, I loved this, right? The soundtrack debuted at like number three on the billboard. And it went platinum in the U.S. at the time. But watching it back, it just isn't as great as I remember it being. It's super over-auto-tuned. Yeah, the, uh, the music is very yes. very much produced. Very, very heavily produced. I still really and- love the Jonas Brothers song, so there's that. But the movie as a whole, I just felt was lacking. And then the character, Demi Lovato's character, I she's really unlikable. Well, who's the... Who's- the winner of the movie who's what who's the one who won the movie for you nick nick did okay okay why you just loved him he was great he was great i mean he he's running this whole band he's got uh he's got to get his brother into basically rehab (laughs) and he's he's keeping all this thing juggling he's keeping his dumb brother in check and he's working on changing their sound as well and like mm-hmm. let's get into the studio let's work on the press let's keep the label happy like he's juggling it and doing it successful considering how young he is cj who won the movie for you uh allison stoner's character caitlin, caitlin. for me caitlin won the movie caitlin for me won because she told it like it was the, the entire whole time. time the whole time for me the winner of the movie was was connie because connie was there <laughs> being Miha, you gotta do what you gotta do you gotta be yourself so her and caitlin won the movies for me who lost the movie for you Lindsay? um probably tess okay it's too i didn't want to go that way because it's too obvious but she she's awful and she like she's nice at the very end but it's not gonna last like Mm -hmm. it's it's just because she in that exact moment she realizes she has no one and that's the only way is then she's trying to like claw her way back into these people's lives she's still a miserable person and probably always will be i agree cj who lost the movie for you uncle brown okay why uncle brown was trying to get it in there's (laughs) not a lot of adults around my only guess is he did not get it in all summer. <laughs> it, it, I agree with this. Um, for me, normally, I've, I've never done this before, but the one that lost the movie for me was Mitchie's songbook. <laughs> because I've never done an inanimate object, but Mitchie's songbook, you see it in the beginning, you see it in the middle, you see it towards the end where you think that it's going to be used and it's never used. And so Mitchie's songbook and the stealing of the song is the biggest loser for me because I that's what should have happened the whole time, and it never did. Um, if I had to do a person that lost the movie, I would have to go with Lola because she does that, that show-stopping number and then you never see her again performing. Nope. And so she was a bit character, and yet she doesn't matter. Right? So these are the two that lost the movie for me. Tess, yeah, but obviously Tess is not even that big of a loser because like she comes around and she has friends at the end. So like it's not even she's not even a big loser for me. But uh that that those are my biggest losers. Normally CJ we do like a who's won at life, but I have to say arguably 
This movie has the most life winners. Oh, there's a lot of winners here. Even with Demi's struggles, Demi's a winner. Um, the Joe Bros are winners, obviously. Allison Stoner's a winner. You said the other girl's a winner. I don't know her, but you know her. Um, she's she's in stuff. Yeah, Megan Martin. She's in stuff. Yeah, she's in so, stuff. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of winners in this one. So I'm I'm just gonna not even do that segment that we normally do because there's no point in trying to figure it out who's the biggest winner because. All of them. Jo- the Joe Bros are all married to gorgeous women, and Kevin's married to a lady that he met when he was like seventeen. You know what I found? <laughs> Actually, one thing I didn't bring up during the movie, but when they do the play my music number at during Beach Jam, they're all wearing their purity rings, which I forgot that they did the purity ring. That was the thing. thing. Yeah, that was the thing. They yeah, I had do. forgot about that until I looked, and all three not of them pure were no them. more. Nope, not pure no more. I mean, they were pure shortly after this because Demi definitely wasn't pure, <laughs> and Joe dated so, her. They so. Joe and Demi did end up dating, but it wasn't directly after this movie. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't sure, sure. until like... I or you mean they couldn't years. talk about it because she was 15? I don't know. Well, I mean, they didn't come out publicly for another two years. Right, and because she was 15 at the time this movie was filmed. And he was 18? And he was 18 Do you think old. that he was the lead because that was how they skirted child labor laws? I don't know. She's the lead. No, but like of the Jonas Brothers, that's why they didn't have Nick. <laughs> and that's out of Nick, because <laughs> Nick, Nick is is Nick's, Nick is obviously the most talented of the three. Yeah, but at the time, it was it was just maybe it's because he, uh, maybe it's because the older one, but maybe not because Kevin's older and Kevin sucks. Kevin sucks. Kevin. <laughs> oh, that sounds Kevin like the sucks. voice of experience. Let me, let me tell you. Let me let me let me give you a quick minute so we can wrap this up. Kevin sucks. Okay. Kevin's not funny in this movie. Kevin is no good. He can't perform really well. He can't sing. This is a takedown of Kevin Jonas. I didn't know how this was going to be what this <laughs> Get was. Get out of here. <laughs> this is a Kevin Jonas takedown You pod. need Kevin Jonas to have the Jonas Brothers. No, you don't. Replace him with that? Frankie and you're good to go. Yeah. We don't know if Frankie has any talent. Wasn't he a drummer? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Bullshit. Get out of here with that <laughs> propaganda. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up the show. Um, CJ, you got anything you want to thank you for joining us, CJ. Oh, I thank anytime you for having you here. You have anything you want to promote? Uh you can find me on Twitter at keyboard sarcasm. Watching this movie has made me decide that I will be watching the descendants soon. I will be live tweeting it whenever I make it to descendants two and three. I'll let you know if they kiss. <laughs> yeah, just put it on there. The kiss scale. Uh, also, catch CJ on the Winner Takes All podcast. You can find that on its own podcast feed or on the Fury Podcast Network feed. Um, Lindsay, you got anything you want to promote? Just that music's in my soul. Music's I can in her feel soul. It every day and every night. It's the one thing on my mind. <laughs> so, why don't you just play your music? <laughs> I just want to play my music. <laughs> uh, you can find me at KG Fury. You can Fury Podcast Network, Fury Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Listen to us, check us out. We're also going to be getting like a video feed up soon, so check that out. Lindsay, it was a pleasure doing this with you as always. I mean, I love talking about the Jonas Brothers. Any opportunity. I know we're going to talk about them again. CJ, will you be back to do Camp Rock Two Final Jam? I would love to. I've never seen that one, so I'm going to have much hotter takes. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be like when I. I've never seen these movies either because I've never seen most of these movies that we watch <laughs> and we review. So it's always great. But with that, I think we're going to say bye. I think that's everything. Bye. 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 bye.